And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome especially to our Thursday show. Love our Thursday shows every week. Uh, this week, we're very excited and honored to have joining us the Arizona chairman of the Republican Party, the Arizona GOP chair, Dr. Kelly Ward. She is a friend of the show. She's been on many times. She's spoken at a couple of my summits. But obviously, Arizona is the focal point in America today of attention for many people concerned about election integrity. Everyone's watching with just um, astonishment. Can't think of all the words to fill in. Astonishment, shock, a little bit of outrage, frustration uh, at the results of the Arizona midterm elections and really wanting to hear the insider's story of what really happened, what possible way do we have to address what seems to have occurred. So I'll just start and say welcome. Lift. Please welcome to our show, Dr. Kelly Ward. Hello, hello, Debbie. It's so good to see you. You might uh, see, say, why is Kelly Ward wearing like a big necklace and these earrings? And look at this beautiful background because I am at Marlago tonight, but I'm so glad I'm getting to join you. Well, you look just absolutely beautiful, and uh, we all wish we were at Mar-a-Lago tonight uh, because that would be more fun. Uh, but anyway, you look beautiful, and I'm sure it's going to be a great celebration there. And um, I'm actually grateful for uh, President Trump and for what he's willing to do at Mar-a-Lago to, to really honor people who work hard. I do want to spend a moment talking about your background a bit more before we get into talking about Arizona. So Dr. Kelly Ward uh, is actually a medical doctor. She has worked for years uh, practicing medicine. She was uh, an Arizona state senator, uh, and she, she entered politics in 2012, elected to the Arizona State Senate, served two terms in office, and at the same time was continuing to practice medicine in the emergency room departments at Lake Havasu City and Kingman, Arizona. So she served in the state uh, Senate there. Uh, she's a widely, wildly popular Republican figure throughout the state of Arizona. Uh, she ran a couple of times for U.S. Senate. And um, she is one of the most endlessly energetic, engaging, and I'll tell you some of the comments because I actually, my husband and I went to Arizona a couple of times just to go to rallies that she was doing or events she was doing. And I'll tell you a couple of things about her. Totally high energy and always has substance. She doesn't just do a rah-rah, you know, slogan-slinging speech. She is substantively aware of all of the issues. And she will wait. One of her uh, staffers commented to me one time, she will wait until the last person is done, standing in line afterwards, asking their questions before she leaves. And when I say high energy, she would go to town after town, city after city, rural areas in Arizona, hold rallies, answer the people's questions, and, and just uh, spoke with authority, knowledge, confidence, and it was just a real commitment, a, a patriotic commitment to America. So she's uh, beloved because of that. Uh, she is now the Arizona, uh, the state party chair in Arizona. Uh, she was elected in 2019 uh, and again in 2021 with the uh, resounding endorsement of, of President Donald Trump. And she was the Arizona GOP chair during this most recent midterm. So. Uh, with that uh, introduction, oh, she also has two books out, uh, which I don't want to talk about today because I want to talk about what's happening in Arizona. Uh, but her first book was called Inspired by What's Right, How a Gutsy Small Town Doctor Roused Op Optimism by Shining Her Light on Politics. It's a great name. It kind of summarizes a lot about her. Her more recent book, Dr. Kelly Ward, 
was called Justified, the Story of America's Audit. And she actually laid out the idea of how you do an audit, why they matter, what difference they make. So uh, author as well as doctor and senator and chairman. Um, but I want to talk about the Arizona at midterm. So just to start with, even though, um, Dr. Ward, everyone's been reading about this in great detail, I'd love to have you give a little summary, at least in Maricopa County, of the myriad things that went very, very wrong in the midterm of 2022. Well, it's going to seem like a very long list, Debbie. There's not like this, just a small thing. Basically, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, even things that we warned about. I, I spent weeks before the election asking people to um, the, the counties, the in particular Maricopa County, to make sure that they had enough paper, that they had enough toner, that they had enough staff, that they were going to have their, their places open, that they were going to be functioning. Um, and sadly, that didn't come to pass. Um, so we had the incompetence of Maricopa County, where at 6 a.m. our polls opened. By 6.05, I was getting calls from multiple polling locations across Maricopa County in particular, where they weren't opening on time. The printers weren't working. The, the scanners were not scanning ballots. They couldn't tabulate. People were being forced to put their ballots into box number three or door number three. They, uh, they were be being turned away and told to go to another polling place to vote. They were signing in and then leaving without dropping off their ballots, making it look as though they had already voted. Um, there were just so many issues on Election Day. And Maricopa County just recently had a hearing to certify the election in Maricopa on Monday. And they had the nerve to say that the reason there were so many problems on Election Day is because the voters decided to actually vote on Election Day. Is that sickening? I think it is. What do you think? Uh, truly breathtaking, just, just truly breathtaking. Uh, and, and I would actually yeah, turn this way. Uh, so I'll just start with Maricopa County. I meant to mention in, in asking that first question, it is the largest population-wise of the counties in Arizona. I believe it's 60% of your voters, something like that. Is that right? Yeah, and it is. Yes, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, so it, it makes a big, big difference. And so, and the other thing that's really interesting, you say that they were complaining about people voting on election day. That was one of the pushes that Dr. Uh, excuse me, that Carrie Lake put out, the, the gubernatorial uh, candidate, the Republican candidate, just said, wait till election day because she was concerned about election fraud and early voting. So, was that mm -hmm. a push that the GOP also put out? Well, our message was vote in whatever way was the best for that voter. Because some people didn't trust sending their ballots through the mail. They wouldn't send $1,000 through the mail, and they certainly wouldn't send their precious vote through the mail. They worried about um, dropping their ballot off at the polling places, especially in Maricopa County, because they didn't seem secure. Um, but if they felt comfortable, we wanted them to mail them. We wanted them to drop them off. We wanted them to vote early in person if possible. And if they wanted to vote on an election day, by golly, that is their right to be able to vote on election day. Personally, I think that everyone should vote on an election day, that there should only be one day to vote, that everybody should be voting on paper, that everybody should be voting by precinct, and that there should be 100% voter ID. But that is not the case. Now, I... But it's just, it's, it's um, very rich that the county would blame the voters 
for wanting to vote on election day when they know they have over over two million people registered to vote, maybe close to four million people. I'm not quite sure on the numbers, but about two million people voted. What if they all showed up on election day? What would their excuse be then? Their incompetence showed when they had a, a smaller number, I mean, about 500 40,000, I believe, that showed up on Election Day or dropped their ballots on Election Day, and they couldn't get those done for weeks. Okay, well, uh, incompetence is maybe like the nicest term you could use because actually you could have someone who didn't quite understand the procedure, make a few mistakes, but the difference between incompetence and what seems as though set up to cause great trouble on Election Day, uh, it, it trends to me stronger than just incompetence, perhaps a little bit of uh, intentionality there. Yeah, nefarious, Agreed? nefarious behavior, for sure. I like that, nefarious, that's a good word. Okay, I do wanna talk about, because there was so much at stake in Arizona. Uh, to start with, you had uh, the candidate who was, you know, the GOP candidate that became a darling of conservatives around the country, Carrie Lake, really galvanized so many people, and her opponent, the Democrat, alleged government uh, governor-elect Katie Hobbs stayed in the position of Secretary of State. So her job is to oversee the election of herself. And I wanted to start with, as she remained in that job as Secretary of State, as the election occurred, did you or others, did someone push her to say, don't you think you should recuse yourself? Yes, I mean, from uh, voices across the state and across the country were saying that she should resign um, and she should recuse herself from this endeavor. But in Arizona, sadly, there's no rule that makes it so. My personal belief is that if you are going to run for another office, you should resign from the office you're serving in because it's unfair to the people who elected you to do a certain job and then you've decided you want to do something else and you take the time away from the job you're supposed to actually be doing. Now, and I, I put my money where my mouth is on that because when I ran for the United States Senate against John McCain, I was in the Arizona State Senate and I resigned for the last year of my term so that the people who I represented had someone that could do the job um, on a full-time basis where I knew that I could not do those and splitting that those two jobs, trying to become the next U.S. Senator and save our state from John McCain, um, and being a state senator where I was very effective, they just weren't compatible. And so I, because I'm a principled person, resi resigned to run. Katie Hobbs is not a principled person. She's a radical leftist Democrat with a progressive agenda that she has before her in order to uh, really destroy Arizona and probably affect the entire United States. But uh, you know, I, I think that she would have served herself much better had she decided to step away and just concentrate on her race. You know, the, at, at a minimum, your point just that anyone serving an office, I mean, you're supposed to be doing a job for elected, as you were elected to do, you can't do it if you're full-time campaigning. But the real conflict is she, her job was to oversee the fairness of this election. It is the most, I, I mean, this is law school 101 conflict of interest and yet somehow the powers that be uh, let that go. I, I could harp on that more, but I want to turn to something else about her. She, this uh, I, I, governor-elect, I guess she's supposed to be called right now. Um, she, okay, yeah, yeah, she is. Um, she's a, among the people who were elected officials in this country in states and county levels who was funded by George Soros. Yes. Funded. 
And so this is George Soros to back up. I mean, you know, and our listeners, everyone hears me talk about him, but, you know, he's a guy who is very much determined to destroy the American constitutional free market system of government, of life. He is dedicated to the takedown of America, and he's had a strategy over the last at least 12, whatever it is, 14 years, where he funds people in positions like this, positions as district attorneys, election officials, secretaries of state. He funds races to get people in who will do the bidding of his agenda. I mean, that I, I'd love to have you opine on, on how yes. problematic that is. Uh, I mean, it is exceptionally problematic. And we have another, Chris Mays, who is uh, 500 votes ahead of Abraham Hamaday for our attorney general position here in Arizona. Um, we are going to have a full recount for that. And I'm hopeful that we are going to find the nefariousness that has happened and that uh, Abe Hamaday will actually be our attorney general, not Chris Mays. But Chris Mays, funded by George Soros. The same with Katie Hobbs. The same with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, not just directly by, by George Soros, but by organizations that are funded by him and his ilk, um, as well as those Zuckerbucks that came in. Now, Arizona did pass a law saying that those Zuckerbucks were, were illegal in Arizona to give directly to these election entities, but they got around it in 2022, Debbie, by taking in-kind contributions to set up a command center on election day and election night where they put the staff of Maricopa County Election Department, instead of tabulating votes and, and um, giving us results, they had them in this command center funded by, by nefarious money, by dark money, by people that do not want what we want, freedom, liberty, the American way. Um, they had them there to battle disinformation. And um, it's just, it's a, a complete and total disservice to the people of our state. And it is dangerous. It is dangerous to have district attorneys and attorney generals or attorneys general and governors and secretaries of state who are funded by George Soros and that money. Um, on the on the legal front, they won't prosecute crimes. On the govern, governing Front. They put laws in front of the people that are bad for the people. Uh, on the election front, they certainly don't want to secure our elections. They want to have, they want to say count every vote. They don't mean every legal vote. They, they mean every vote that they can scrounge up from anywhere, whether it's from a dead person, a person who moved, a person who's registered in more than one place, um, you know, a, a vote that they find in a post office somewhere. Those they want to do, count all of those votes outside the law, and that is dangerous to that is what's dangerous to democracy. That is what's dangerous to our great American republic is this stealing of elections right under our nose. And and I'm you know it is it is so disheartening that it happened in 2020 in Arizona and across the country, and again in Arizona in 2022. We were not able to put a stop to it, even though you mentioned my book, Justified. It lays out how to, to um, fortify our elections, how to make them transparent and fair and to bring back voter confidence. Unfortunately for us, our, our Republican legislature um, killed the vast majority of the election integrity bills that would have stopped all of this madness of 2022 from happening. 
I want to come back and talk about that. What would possibly explain a Republican majority legislature doing that? But just for our listeners, I think I mentioned this on the show on Monday, but I want to quickly just share something that Seth Keschel, who's been on the show many times with us, Seth Keschel is just this kind of mathematical genius, statistic, you know, he's a, he deep dives into statistics and pulls things out. This is an amazing fact for you, especially if you have friends who say, I don't think there's really election fraud. Here's one little fact. In uh, 18 states, this is referring to the 2020 elections of the presidential election, which I've said many times, I believe Donald Trump won hands down. I believe it was stolen from him. But in the 2020 election, in 18 states, the margin of victory for Biden was captured, was won in one county only. He needed the biggest county in every state, and with officials that Soros and other leftists put in, the entire 20, I'm gonna say that number again because it's mind-blowing when you really make yourself think about it. 18 states were allegedly won by Joe Biden in 2020, were carried by a vote margin, they, they carried the vote margin of the entire state in one county. So really, all George Soros and those who would steal elections in perpetuity need to do is target the largest county, get your officials in place, as you're hearing Dr. Ward uh, describe a moment ago, get people in place who will adjust the system as needed to get the outcome that they want. And he doesn't have to do it statewide. He doesn't have to do it within, um, you know, even, even more than one county. And at this article, which I've posted on our website, americacanwetalk.org, it lists the counties. I'm sorry, right here in his list is Maricopa County, Kelly Ward, um, along with Dallas County, sorry to say, folks. So this idea of a, you know, I have to say, uh, Dr. Ward, I always feel like the left has, has a mission mentality. They are, I mean, Soros especially, but the whole anti-American left, a mission mentality. Republicans have a, we're going to be honest, we're going to be hardworking, we're going to explain what we stand for, we're going to tell the people why our, our principles and values and policies are better, and expect the system, the, the logical thing is the voters will be with us, and most of them will. So given this, and the, actually the article is titled The Leviathan, Leviathan is Keith Cashel's title, America's Mega Counties. So what, what is the solution for that in Arizona? Well, in Arizona, we only have 15 counties, okay? So the other 14 are disenfranchised again and again and again by Maricopa County, where, as we mentioned earlier, 60% plus of the, the votes come from and the people live. Uh, actually, the lackeys in the media had the nerve, because I said, my county, I live in a rural county. We, we were disenfranchised by what went on in Maricopa County. And they said, oh, you don't even know what disenfranchised means. Um, disenfranchised means they didn't get to cast a vote. Well, people who went and were, were forced to cast a provisional vote where they had already signed in um, to one voting location and then cast a provisional that was never going to be counted certainly were, were disenfranchised. People who showed up at a polling location and were forced to put their their ballot into door three or box three, where these ballots were mixed together with ballots that had already been counted. We don't still don't know how they, they reconciled those ballots to know which ones had been counted already, which ones hadn't. They were disenfranchised. Um, 
but you're exactly right. You know, George Soros or anyone that is nefarious doesn't have to take over the whole country. You've seen those maps, Debbie, that show the whole red country with just yeah. these dots of blue in New York and in uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, Phoenix now, sadly. Um, that's all they need to be able to rule over all the rest of us who are sane about uh, about America and who want nothing but liberty and freedom. Exactly right. So I'll tell you some suggestions Seth Kessel makes. He's saying these big counties, and I don't. I understand this isn't something you can snap your finger and make it happen. Uh, you or anyone could. He's saying these big counties they have to be divided up into smaller counties. Yeah. Um, yes. So and you we just don't that. have that. Go ahead. We did, we had a bill in the legislature this year to divide Maricopa County into four counties. And Rusty Bowers, who I'm sure you've talked about before, and I'm sure that you're happy that he was unelected. He was the Speaker of the House who refused to hear election integrity bill after election integrity bill after election integrity bill. He also refused to hear the bill to break up Maricopa County. Okay, so you, this gentleman you're referring to, Rusty Bowers, for our listeners, he's Republican. Well, I, I think mean, Republican. He, okay, he has an R by his name. How about that? Yes, okay. he does. He does. So, he does. so, Dr. Ward, what explains that? I mean, I, I really, I, I'm way past outraged about our elections and our failure to have honest elections in our country. What explains someone who can watch what happened in 2020, everyone knows Arizona was stolen, and he won't move these bills? Right. Well, the biggest thing is Trump derangement syndrome, Debbie. That he he was a never Trumper. He did not want to believe that President Trump won the election in 2020 in Arizona when he did. He did everything he could to prevent in, information and evidence from being brought to the forefront. If you remember, he closed down the Capitol because of COVID. He wouldn't allow the hearing to be held at the Capitol. It had to be held at a hotel. Then they belittled and poo-pooed the information and the affidavits and the sworn testimony from so many who saw what actually happened. Um, and, and he developed Carrie Lake derangement syndrome as well. Um, it's basically America first derangement syndrome that um, they don't want to have anybody that is a freedom fighter. Well, you know, that really, it gets to the nub of the issue, which is so deeply troubling. The, I, I think, first of all, as to Trump derangement syndrome, there are just some people who can't get over, uh, they don't care for the way he speaks, they recall certain things he may have said that were offensive. I mean, as though every other candidate in America is perfect, except for him, but, you know, uh, or tweets they didn't like. And so yes. they, they decide at all costs at America, they will let their state fall, let their state fall yeah. into the hands of the what is now the Marxist left, just to be sure Trump doesn't get back in. That's Correct? right. Well, look, look at look at Arizona. Okay, so Doug Ducey is our governor, right? He is a Republican. In August and leading up to August, he campaigned for and uh, vouched for. Every Republican candidate that was rejected by the Republican base in Arizona. He wanted the people that were Democrat light. He wanted the people that would go along to get along. He wanted the people that would accept the terrible, wrong election results in 2020, 2022, and forever. <laughs> um, with Republicans like that, 
Why do we need Democrats? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good point. Um, but I, you know what you're describing, though, Dr. Ward, is kind of happening around the country. I mean, Arizona is, I mean, I'm very grateful for all the attention being paid to Arizona. I'm going to run through some numbers in a moment which make the result particularly not believable. It is not believable anyway. But I, I believe Carrie Lake won. Uh, I, I believe that the other, uh, Fincham won, the Secretary of State. Uh, I, I think that there were wonderful MAGA candidates who won. So the voters want these people. And we're, I'm going to get back these numbers in just a moment. But we're really watching then the uniparty of the Democrats and Republicans deciding we don't want the voters in charge. We don't want them deciding. So we will, uh, I mean, do whatever it takes, adjust races, uh, fix machines, cause them not to work, to keep the people down, to keep the people from right. choosing. But also people like um, Rusty Bowers, Doug Ducey, Karen Taylor Robeson, who ran for governor, they actively supported Democrats. They actively supported Democrat causes. They, uh, on, on Karen's side, she actually funded some of those efforts. She was out there when she finally came back after running for governor. The, the first thing she advocated for was in-state tuition for illegal aliens. That is a Democrat priority. It is not in the Republican pro, uh, platform. And, um, and that's what she was advocating for. Her brother, her brother, Andy, is on the transition team for Katie Hobbs. And these people did nothing to help the America First candidates win from governor, U.S. Senate, all the way down, want to then turn around and say that we, the people who voted for those America First candidates, are the ones to blame. The people who work tirelessly for the Republican brand are the ones to blame that, that Democrats are trying to take over Arizona. I'm not going to accept that, and the people aren't going to accept that either. But here's where we, we get to the, the real, you know, rubber meets the road problem, it is how do we fix it? Because, I, I, and I will tell you something else you said a minute ago I wanted to uh, respond to. I believe that Trump derangement syndrome is a really big problem. But I think it's even deeper and worse. I think the whole MAGA agenda, the reassertion of the, the idea that America's government should stand for the American people, that the, the border should be secure because that's how you have a sovereign nation, that we have to have a strong military or else we are defenseless. These are, these are kindergarten level comprehension of issues yeah. that matter. And yet the people, I mean, leaving Trump out of it, the MAGA agenda is offensive to many people. Right. So the, well, the, well, look at the border, Debbie. So we just saw this week two videos from Project Veritas, who I'm glad to see back on Twitter. I hope everybody else is too. But they're exposing human trafficking that is completed. The loop is completed by the United States government. That is with, with adults, but also in particular with children. It is sickening. And that Trump derangement syndrome rises from President Trump saying, build the wall, secure the border, stop this kind of madness. And there are people that are in our government who are very wealthy also, maybe not in the government, um, that benefit from having that open border. And some of that is related to human trafficking. And it is sick. 
Yeah, it is sick. Well, that, that's a topic for another day. But I, um, I, I want to make sure we, we to be sure we jump, before we move on to the next points. Um, the county of Maricopa. In fact, I'll just tell you because someone sent me this data today, so I will just quickly share it. But um, you, they had in Maricopa County an increase in the percentage of Republican turnout between 2020 and 2022, and a decrease in Democrat turnout between 2020 and 2022. And that you can see from voter records. You don't, you don't see how they voted, but you know X number of registered Republicans voted 2020, 2022, same with Democrats. So Republican numbers went up voting, Democrat numbers went down, and still they try to say that the Maricopa outcome drove Kerry Lake to lose, drove, drove, I mean, I'm picking the governor's race, but caused yep. these significant Republicans in the race to lose. I mean, doesn't right. that fly in the face of reason? It does. And and since I've been the chairman of this party, we've had record-breaking Republican voter registration. We've had record-breaking Republican turnout for these elections. And the press and the election officials want to gaslight us and make us believe that that so many Republicans did not want to vote for our America First candidates. It's just not true. It's just not true, and we aren't going to believe it. And so if they, if it is true, okay, show us. Just make these, these elections transparent. Show us um, exactly what happened. I heard Charlie Kirk talk about it once in the past about when, when a um, – a team, baseball team, has a no hitter, that, and you know they celebrate that. They replay the, they replay it over and over and over again. They make T-shirts that talk about it. These guys want to tell us that these have been the two most secure, two most perfect elections that have ever existed in the history of elections, but they don't want to prove it. They want us somehow to prove that it isn't so. To me, it's their job to prove the the legitimacy of these elections, not our jobs to disprove them. Oh, absolutely, especially when they fly in face in the face of logic and the face of the. I mean, you know, even just the the pragmatic things. I've, I've made this analogy in my show before. You know, you've been to Trump rallies. I've been to Trump rallies. You know, he can get a rally going in two days in any city. He just announces it, and the tickets are sold. There, there's a and there are you know Trump boat parades even when he's nowhere in, in sight he's not there there are just there's a natural outpouring of and I always say I want to say to people it is Trump as a leader but it's really what he stands for what he says he wants and nothing from Biden's back to 2020 I mean hit out in his basement the whole time he couldn't get you know 15 people in a gym and the same thing was true of Carrie Lake she had big rallies big energy and Katie Hobbs wouldn't debate her, wouldn't even, I mean, she didn't have any similar events. It just seems like the people are being, you use the word gaslighting and you're right, but people are being, it's like hypnotized or mesmerized or something into believing, well, I, I shouldn't believe my eyes. I can see the Trump rallies. I can see the Kerry Lake rallies, but who knew the other guy won? And we all supposed right. to sit and take it. Right. And, and people aren't sitting here and taking it. We've taken it before and we've trusted before. But those days of trusting these election officials and supervisors and county commissioners and um, elected politicians, it's over. We the people don't believe what they are telling us. We believe what we are seeing. And so um, things are going to have to change. And, and in Arizona, 
it's a shame that we couldn't get it done in these last two years because we have a Republican governor, we have a Republican legislature at this time, and they couldn't get it done. If we have a, a Democrat governor with a, uh, a uh, Republican legislature, I just fear that those Republicans are going to get weaker and weaker and go along to get along with whatever this, you know, Katie Hobbs type administration wants. And that's going to be dangerous. So, I mean, I, I know you don't have a magic wand so far as I'm aware, but if you did, I mean, what in the world I, I do, I will tell you that I, I just came from a full day meeting yesterday of very serious thinkers who are just people looking around, just thinking, what are we going to do to get out of this? Because Arizona, I mean, again, I'm sorry what occurred, but I'm kind of glad because it's a good microcosm for America to look at and realize this is how determined these, uh, you can say they're anti-Trumpers or Trump derangement syndrome, but they are determined they're never going to stop cheating. They're going to force through elections that no one, everyone knows are not true. So what do we do? Well, in Arizona, I think it's going to take a citizen's initiative. And so um, that takes money, it takes passion, it takes uh, brains to put that together to get the signatures that are required to get that on the ballot. And then it takes that same effort to be able to get people to go out and vote for it. But I think that might be our only method uh, until we can unseat Katie Hobbs if she actually takes office. I, I still hold out hope that, um, that Carrie Lake is actually going to be named as our governor. Uh, when we start doing these statewide recounts based on Abe Hamaday's race and Tom Horn, our superintendent of public instructions race, I think it's going to expose a lot. And I think that some of those races that have been so-called certified might be overturned. I love hearing that. I understand uh, there was one piece of litigation filed by the um, gentleman who tried to run for Secretary of State, and, and the court ruled it was premature. He had to wait for certification. Yes. Now, that's supposed to oh, happen. Oh, they're practicing. They're, they're, I don't know if you guys can hear. They're practicing the national anthem, and I'm hearing a beautiful singing, so I'm not sure if you all can hear that or not. But there's a lot of activity going on here because this event starts in about 20 minutes. So uh, just... Don't get distracted by it. Uh, they're all here for the same thing that we're here for, which is to save America. Okay, we, we do. Actually, we're all kind of wishing we were there. I mean, raise your hand in the audience if you wish you were there. No. <laughs> I mean, people would love to be there, yeah, yeah. But I'm, and we're happy you are. Um, but And, and I, I, if you need to go, if the noise gets overwhelming, you can just tell me because I, I can wrap this up. But I will say, I think there's a um, – you talked about a citizen's initiative – I mean, what, because I hear this from around the country, you have to get people, okay, you have to get people to say, we're simply not going to comply with these false right. results. We do canvassing. We, we look and say, actually, the, the canvassing does not bear out the reported result. Is that canvassing? Right. Well, let's... Yeah, let's talk about canvassing versus certification, because we're kind of having that discussion here in Arizona, because our state law, our, our statutes say that the election has to be certified um, 20 days after the election. That's why there was all of this flurry on Monday, November 28th, to certify the election in every county. Um, and... But the certification is really kind of meaningless. I think they need to change that terminology because to me and to the dictionary, certification means proving that something is so. 
Uh, and as we saw in 2020, they certified an uncertifiable election. And many, 14 out of 15 counties have done that already here in Arizona. Mojave County, my county, their attorney actually got up and spoke at their meeting and told them if they did not certify the election on the 28th of November, they would all be arrested and taken to jail and charged with felonies. Uh, Cochise County is the holdout right now. It is a rural county. It is the home of Fort Huachuca. Um, it is a, a, a patriotic place to live and their supervisors do not feel comfortable yet with the results. And so they have held off on certification. Now they may certify on December 3rd, I'm not sure. But state law also states that if a county does not certify, then it will be delayed day by day for up to 30 days. Now you wouldn't know that from Mark Elias, who I think is from the devil, just so you know. He's an attorney, he's a Perkins Coe guy. He's a, he's a terrible, terrible person as far as I'm concerned. He's telling uh, Cochise County supervisors that they should all be arrested, taken directly to jail, charged with felonies because they want to do their job, which is to prove what they're certifying is actually accurate. Uh, so you've got that certification versus the canvas. Our law also mentions uh, canvassing. It says that a canvas will be complete by 20 days after the election. Now, to me, a canvas is where you check to make sure that the right voters, that those were actually real voters that were voting. Uh, I would have loved to have seen the attorney general in 2020 or in 2022 do a random sampling of voters that are, uh, or ballots that were sent in uh, and see if they actually are connected to a person. When we were doing curing of the ballots, in 2022 because there were a lot of ballots that signatures didn't match for some reason the county said they needed to be tracked down our people did knock on doors and they found places where democrat ballots came the people did not live there but that ballot was somehow voted how oh yeah that okay <laughs> that okay <laughs> And Debbie, I think they're gonna they're gonna make me move because I think uh, President Trump might be coming soon, and so okay. they don't want me in the background of this room because you know Secret Service. Okay, <laughs> Dr. Ward, you know uh, what? I've been so generous for to have me here, but you know I I can't wait to come back. I know Debbie, if you have more questions, just let me know. We can put it up on the website. We can do whatever you need. But just know this, we are not gonna sit down, we are not gonna shut up, we are not gonna be silenced, we are not gonna be shamed because what we are doing is fighting for the very future of this great republic. American liberty, American freedom, uh, we cannot give it up and it's on all of our shoulders to make sure that we, um, we are that shining light that uh, makes sure that this country survives. Dr. Kelly Ward, I appreciate in the midst of this incredibly fun event you're about to start that you took time to talk to us. Thank you. We can wrap up our show here. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Let's give her All right. Bye-bye, Deb. Bye, ladies. Okay, we will let you go. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, folks. We this uh, because we're on radio, or we're on Brightian Radio, and so we really are committed to a full hour. Uh, and I don't want to let you folks go. So first of all, Brightian Radio, if you're listening to this and you missed any portion, you're more than welcome 
to go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, and at that website, you can watch our full shows, you can watch, uh, you can read our blog posts, and all sorts of other things. I did have a bunch of other questions, but I have a really good idea, Eric. Uh, so my husband's here to help. Uh, I think we should just, uh, who wants to come up and sit up here on stage? It's okay. You all look beautiful, but I don't really want to go back and forth the audience by myself. So you, Eric, can put a couple chairs up here. Okay, no one's raising. Come on, you guys. These are these are good. I'm telling my audience. These are really serious conservatives sitting here. And come up. And I think we can just talk about things up here. If anyone, I see you. Come on. Uh, don't make me say your name on air. Come on. Come up and. Yeah, right. Actually, maybe I can just walk down the audience a little bit. I want to do that. I don't want to be yelling back and forth to the audience the whole rest of the time. Can I? What's going to happen with the camera here? Can you do a camera over there? You can. Okay. You should have come up when I asked you. So that's he's going to do a camera right here. Okay. Because actually, we should just make it a conversation. Because I have 20 minutes. I got to do it. And we're on radio. And otherwise, so I'll just tell you while he while we're adjusting the cameras, I'll just tell you the things I wanted to hit with her. She was hitting on a really good point. It's bad enough that the woman who was Secretary of State was in charge of her own election to become governor. That is like that that, that is like you know, conflict beyond belief. But also, she became very threatening to people who were county supervisors, whose job it was to certify the election. This is very much like January sixth because they're being told they have to certify. And so, but they're saying, but we think there were a lot of things that went wrong and they're bad and we don't want to certify. And they're basically being told, we don't care what you think. You're not here to think, just rubber stamp. Well, if you're a member of the Board of Supervisors and you're rubber stamping something and you don't believe it, you actually think there was serious fraud among the things that were claimed were, the machines weren't certified by the people they were supposed to be, they weren't functioning, they, whatever list of things they had. And they're just saying, I mean, there are people in the state who are lobbying for a revote, and members of, of the um, uh, supervisors just saying they don't want to be the ones to be certifying something that they know perfectly well was a farce. They don't want to do it. And so they're not just, you know, they could say I won't certify, but this same person who's in charge of her own election to get the, the governor's uh, ranching is also in charge of directing who might be sued or prosecuted. So these people on these commission on the board of supervisors say, okay, 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 we'll sign, but they don't want to. There's one, I believe now it's down to one county in Arizona, Cochise County, that's saying they might certify by Saturday, or Friday or Saturday of this week that they they might do it by then. But they're making the point she was making earlier. If your voters, if you're certifying your election, and as far as you know things are okay in your happy little county, that's one thing. But if your voters were disenfranchised because there's a whole bunch of, you know, um, nefarious wrongdoing going on in the biggest county in the state, your voters really didn't get. They did get disenfranchised. And they're trying to call attention to that. And uh, there were several supervisors. I had clips. I thought we'd be racing through. I didn't want to take time with clips. But there were great clips of people testifying in front of um, the state committee, the state, I believe, or House and Senate committees, just or, or their own commissioner's court, just saying, you know, I couldn't even, I didn't get to vote. There was a really poignant one, this woman who was um, from some communist country. And she came to America, she became a citizen, and she said, I can't believe I'm watching what's happening here, ha ha what happened to me in my home country. 
which is they just steal elections and none of you uh, will stand up. None of you will fight. How can you let this happen? So it was a, it's a really, um, it's an extremely poignant point in American history because it, you know, whether or not you know, Katie Hobbs gets removed uh, and because she didn't win and Carrie Lake gets in or not, what's being exposed here is a pattern, it's a system that's been happening around the country. And it is literally why many people uh, in this country feel disenfranchised, they don't want to vote anymore, and it's why many people um, just decide the whole system is rigged and, and you know, our country is, is in serious trouble, which it is. So um, I am, Kelly's, a, you know, she's a great friend, I'm glad she was, it's funny, she, I, I was telling you before we came on air today, she texted to say, hey, I'm, um, I'm actually uh, dressed my ball gown already because I'm at, at Mar-a-Lago. I said, okay, but um, I just want to, um, I think I'm just going to turn up a conversation with you. I'm sorry. I know I was promised the audience we won't turn the camera on you. I didn't know this was going to happen, but I'd rather kind of come down and talk to you than just sit up here like a, I don't know, talking to myself. So I'm going to, so I don't know if we have this kind of set. How are we doing? Can I get down? Okay. Well, let me just... Okay, you should have come up on stage like I asked you. Okay, so, so is this is this camera rolling now? Or, okay, great. So yeah, and then we have a microphone. Hold on one second. Have him play some of the clips. Why not? Oh, because I don't have I didn't send it to him. I didn't send them to him. So actually, we can just I can't even see what's on camera, but oh, there I am. Okay, this is my back to the camera. That's lovely. Okay, teaches me I should have curled the back of my hair. Okay, let's do questions. Just talk. I got a link showing a Mojave County official saying that he was voting yes under duress because he would be arrested and put in jail. Right. Yeah. It's Mojave County um, Commissioner's Court, or they call them Board of Supervisors there, but it's the same thing. And yeah, Ron Gould is his name, and there's a woman, I've forgotten her name, but it's a, it's a uh, Commissioner's Court that has three people. It has two Republicans and one Dem. And, and they're basically being forced, just being forced because he doesn't want to go to jail. So he's certifying an election, which he, does not, he, he knows what was stolen, knows, and he knows what happened in Maricopa County. And, you know, when you think about it, I, I, I mentioned we were at this long meeting yesterday talking about America, basically. And, you know, there's this relentlessness of the American left. They really do mean they will take down America. And our side, I, I use, I, Eric, I've used the expression, we're kind of like worth the cupcakes or something. We always say, well, I'm sure if we just put out the right policy arguments and explain why freedom is better than communism, everyone will vote with us. We have no idea how nefarious and in-depth the attack on America is. And it's really been ongoing a long time. Our side kind of tuned in about 10 years ago, or I don't know what point you'd put it at, but we tuned in and realized we really are in trouble. So, if you have any other questions, I can keep talking. I love questions. You always have you know, questions. I think one of the big problems um, is, is, is restoring confidence in people to vote, period. And when we see all this nefarious happenings throughout the, uh, the country and how our voting is not being uh, legitimate, it's not legitimate. It's very discouraging for those of us who are, let's say, precinct chairs, who are encouraged to go and and get out the vote. People feel very discouraged. They feel very disheartened, and they have no confidence in our system. Period. And how we, that's crucial. How are we going to restore confidence? Yep, it is. You know, I was asking Dr. Ward when we had her on about, you know, what are we going to do about this? It is a question everyone 
tries to ask, well, so, okay, so now we see all the problems, we see how bad it is, what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do? And there are some things, I mean, they're trying to get things through in the Arizona legislature, and the Republicans block them. I mean, things like dividing Maricopa County up. These counties I mentioned that were, um, or actually, I, is my mic still on? Oh, sorry, I don't need my little, sorry. Okay. I can't use this? Okay. Um, uh, for, our, for our audience, where, where is it? This is, okay. We've never done this before in this show. The Thursday shows usually I'm just seated the whole time with our guest. Turned out Dr. Ward had to cut out early, so now we're turning to our audience who is not duly warned that we're going to do this. So, but these are these are serious patriots. And, and to your point, uh, your uh, just a moment ago, you know, it's so true. The people who knock on doors, and I, I'm talking to a room full of them, knock on doors, make phone calls, show up, volunteer at the election uh, place, you know, volunteer to be poll watchers. We do all that because we have some faith that the system will more or less turn out right. Once in a while we think, well, some election didn't go right. But we mostly have faith that it will be fair. And a growing number of Americans, you're exactly right, a growing number just think it's so corrupt. I mean, people look at Arizona, I mean, and they look at 2020. You'd have to be blind to think that Trump didn't win. And you have to be blind in Arizona. Carrie Lake had crowds like Trump, and she rounds them up, and they're so excited they can hardly stand it. And, you know, this woman who allegedly won is this, I mean, mousy. She sounds like a, like a you know, teenager, whine, just, just so immature, inept, and silly, but put in there by George Soros' money. This is Katie Hobbs I'm speaking of. So back to your point. People do start. They look at this, and they think, well, where is our system going to get fixed? It is legislation. Is breaking up big counties. I would love to have, I don't know how you do it exactly, but you want to really have more awareness of what, what money is going in to the system. I mean, George Soros has his own organization and then many organizations surrounding his, a, a whole slew of them, and then another set of organizations around that. So money just flows everywhere. And, you know, I mean, you can't, I, I, I don't, I, you can't outlaw money in elections. You have to have money, but you somehow want people to know. I, I mean, you'd like to have Katie Hobbs have to run saying, yes, most of my money came from George Soros and he's trying to destroy America. Vote for me. You'd like to have that, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, a, and it's, and restoring confidence of the people. I will tell you one thing that um, Trump did, I thought when he ran in 2016, he, I, there were so many voters who had not voted in decades who turned out for him because he started saying things the average man could care about. He started saying things about, you know, we really, we, we have a great country. We have to love this country. We have to revere it and protect it. You have to get voters feeling like they're not just picking candidate X, candidate Y, but they're picking to save America. And, and, and this is, this is, no one's going to snap their fingers and solve this. It's, not going to be that fast, but it's going to be legislators, it's going to be people like us pressuring legislators, legislatures to fix things, pressing them and, and urging them to say, you've got to do these fixes. I will tell you people, not one state in this country, even the red states, not one did anything about the real election fraud problem of 2016. They did not attack voting machines. They did not attempt to correct what was wrong with voting machines. They didn't do anything, even the gray state of Texas. They did some pieces of legislation that weren't bad, but they weren't, they didn't fix the problem. And, and they all kind of know it. I mean, they just, the electronic voting machine, huge, huge problem in all around the country. And, and we didn't want to do it. I, I think we just, it's a, you know, I, I say this expression on my show sometimes is one of the, you know, house on fire issues. You can fix a lot of issues about tax rates and a bunch of other things. 
But fair elections are house on fire. If you don't put the fire out, the house is gone. If you don't fix elections, everything's gone. I'm just talking. Who else got questions or comments? Any comments, just anything, because we're rolling right now. Are you? No, you aren't. Too much bad money flowing to the low levels, and it flows in everybody's pocket. So bad money from whom or from what kind of entities? All over. All over. I mean, I mean, they're, they want to turn everyone blue, everyone. And they've gotten to the lower levels. Yeah, I will say uh, to that point about why insurance blue, I think this is, my husband makes this point all the time, and it's so true. If you think that the 2020 election was real, and you think that Biden actually defeated Trump, then you think, well, everything Trump stood fair for didn't really resonate with the American people. I mean, think of all the policies and all the viewpoints and all the talking points that politicians adopt because they buy into a, a fraudulent election. They think it was real and say, well, I guess America doesn't like a strong border. I mean, all the things that you, that, and, and policymakers talk about, whether it's you know CRT in the public schools, where it's the LGBTQ transgendering kindergarten agenda, whatever it is, if elections are stolen and the people saying, what we would all agree is true, get defeated, then even the people on the conservative side, the, the Republican side, are going to say, well, gee, that, that didn't go well last time. You know, maybe we should change that message. Maybe we should say instead of that message, uh, do we even have video going here? We do? Okay, I'm looking at him. We have video going? Yeah, okay. I can't see it in the screen. Okay. Anyway, they think, well, you know, then, then we better change the message. People get cowed into silence, submission, adjusting, changing their message to, to go along with what they think won. And I'm telling you, I, I didn't, I mean, many of you. Silence is consent. It's the biggest tragedy when you don't speak up. When you see something wrong, we have to speak up. We have to be troublemakers. True. Oh, yeah, troublemakers. That's one of your, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm a troublemaker. I am. <laughs> Agitators, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, it's very easy because the other thing that happens is the, I refer to the mockery mob of the left but the, or the, you know, the Twitter mob. In legislatures, even in Texas, when people were pushing to say, you really need to start to regulate the, um, you know, the electronic voting machines, you need to do something about that. You need, and, and a lot of pressure was put on them from very, very high up, I'll just say that, from very high up, leave the electronic voting machines alone. Don't do anything about that. And when you, and when people ran, they said, like Katie, like uh, Carrie Lake got uh, dubbed a, an election denier. Okay, now I, 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 I was trying to, I'm not standing, sorry, I mean to stand my back to it. Um, this whole Carrie Lake, she got hit up as an election denier. And if you saw after the midterms, there were all sorts of headlines, election denier, so-and-so loses, election denier, so-and-so loses. So politicians watch this. They don't want to be with that, their name on the paper saying so-and-so election denier or may, may, are mocked. So they just shut up. They just don't do the things that they're going to get mocked for. It's another way the leftists win because they, they're better at bullying than we are. They're better at, at capturing labels, attaching them to somebody, 
And then pretty soon everyone says, well, I don't want to be that. And it, it, it works with respect to race relation issues. It worth, works with respect to the border, LGBTQ, election fraud. If, you're, if you become the bullying mob, you need, and you, you fear being labeled by them, you'll just say what you're supposed to say to avoid that. And sadly, I think that happens to our side way, way, way too often. Way, way too often. I don't think I'm gonna, I mean, we're getting close to time. Uh, this is actually kind of fun. Maybe we'll build, maybe we'll build this in as a future feature. Uh, but anyway, anyone else, comments or questions or? Yeah. Do you have any idea on the timeline of the Arizona situation from decertification to lawsuits? How long can this progress until we can actually get Carrie in there? First of all, I love that Dr. Ward says she still thinks Carrie Lake might get in. I will say, I think the original, the state law said they had to certify by this past Monday, and then what's supposed to happen when all the counties certify, the state then has to certify. I think it was December 5th or 7th. It's right in that, it's early December that they have to do their final thing. And that, when that occurs, the state at the state level certifies because all the counties did it. Then this, this, there is the ability to file a lawsuit. Carrie Lakes already said, I'm doing it. I'm going to file a lawsuit. That Mark Fincham guy um, is also going to do that, I believe. And these, because these people, I, I had all the margins of victory and all. I mean, they, the Democrats set these things so close. I mean, if they, for example, said, you know, Carrie Lake lost by 40 points, no one would believe that. But they put it close enough, you think, well, maybe that happened. You know, my sister Sally didn't like him very much, or, you know, my aunt so-and-so. Maybe you think of people, well, maybe it was that close. I mean, they, they do set these things at such close numbers that it's within the realm of plausibility. That's a term they use. You know, yeah, that could have happened. But I do, so the answer is very soon it should happen. The lawsuits can start. Um, and they obviously have to transition to the new administration uh, in Arizona, wherever the date is, they, they put their governor in place. It's probably early January. So it's going to be very fast paced. Kelly's a fighter. I mean, she, I know she looked all lovely today. She's a fighter. And she, I, I think she'll fight as much as can be done. But uh, to the point made several uh, moments ago, Everybody has to be involved. It does take grassroots and relentlessness. Years ago, we heard Rick Santorum we went to some event for him, and he was saying the left's most distinguished quality, or, yeah, most unique quality, was relentlessness. They never stop fighting. So we have to be just as relentless because we really are watching these stolen elections. We're watching America be stolen, America itself be stolen. Well, the left occupies the headlines. And they put opinion in the headlines. And when people read that, they just accept that. So you have to look at alternative news. You can't believe what you read in the Wall Street Journal and the Democrat Morning News. Yes. <laughs> Democrat Morning News. Okay. We are about out of time. I, I want to, first of all, for, I'm going to quick go back up here to my, can I even do this now? Can't go, yeah, I can. Okay. Um, so quick to say, first of all, I know where the camera is, but, uh, oh, okay. First of all, I want to say thank you to this audience because you're such dear friends. Uh, this was not planned, I promise. I love that you were willing to do that. I love the kind of conversation. I wouldn't mind doing this other times. It could be kind of fun. For our listeners, I want to thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. A week from today, December 8th, we have Dr. Richard Bartlett from Midland, Texas coming in. We're going to talk about uh, vaccines and the, and the next virus is coming and what we can do to protect ourselves. A week after that, we have Jackie Deason coming. She has had a long running show on Blaze about energy, energy policy. We're going to talk about the diesel shortage and all sorts of energy issues. Um, so two great shows coming up. 
And I want to thank everyone for listening to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And thank you for tuning in. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear?